this trailer has been here for a long time. I'm not sure how many years, but it's been here abandoned for a while. We're at an industrial area on the outskirts of Philadelphia. It's in the shadow of the airport, flanked by highways and surrounded by body shops and salvage centers. Today, we're following a graffiti writer who has permission to paint anything he wants on an old trailer at a storage facility. Feels like a dream come true, man. <laughs> For real. It's like so nice out here, perfect weather. It's not too hot, not too cold. With the sun in the back, smell of the paint. Like... You can't ask for much better in life, man. <laughs> From WHYY, this is Art Outside, a podcast about the art in our public spaces and the people who create it. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. Jose Bustamante goes by Busta. He's a graffiti writer and muralist from Chia, Colombia. He first moved to Philly because of its graffiti history and vibrant mural scene. In our conversation with Busta, we learn more about graffiti, what it takes to make it, and why many think it's actually healthy for cities. Everybody used to call me Busta because it's faster, easier to say, you know. I used to be like into hip hop as a kid, so everybody called me Busta Rimas because of the Busta rhymes, you know, so. It kind of stuck to me. What's like a normal day in your life like when you're a kid growing up in Chia? Like where I'm from specifically is kind of like mountainy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a, a like a flat area on mountains. We're surrounded by mountains. Oh, okay. So it's pretty much in the center of the country, you know. But, you know, I grew up skateboarding in a town where it's all farms and land. You know what I mean? It's, it's crazy. So... That's why I kind of always was interested in skateboarding as an expression, as an art type of thing, you know. And graffiti, too, started happening. You were seeing graffiti everywhere in the town, in the city. A lot of people from Bogota that was painting was going out to the suburbs to paint. Right. Like, you, you see graffiti in the littlest town of the towns in, in Colombia. When it came to his own art, Booster started small. I remember in school or all my notebooks were little doodles and sketches and all different things. It always starts with the notebook, huh? Yeah. I feel like that's a common story. No, for sure, because that's the first, you know, kind of like the first thing you're introduced as a kid is like a pencil and a, note, a paper. Like graffiti, I start writing graffiti kind of lettering out there with a spray paint when I was probably 12, 11, mm -hmm. you know, and I got into like the spray, but I already had like a, a little tag name. When you talk about lettering, you're talking about writing the word Busta on a wall, right? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. in its simplest form. Yeah. So, you know, that's a common theme in graffiti from like the early days of the modern day graffiti movement. You know, Philly mm -hmm. is arguably the birthplace of that. Um, so why write your name on the wall? What is, what is that? The instinct. Instinct. You know? Yeah, it was like, oh, I want to leave a mark. And Chia, where are you putting? Where are you putting up? Like the same. We had like a kind of like a center city, like a little main town. Mm -hmm. So we used to hit like rooftops up there, oh, right. or highway spots. There's always like a ton of bridges and billboards everywhere too. You know, so there was all that. There was uh, 
city spots to little houses like side of the houses out there you know there's not too much regulation of that so it just goes wild and many top to bottom everything is stacked up from like doors of houses and roofs windows everything like everything Graffiti was exploding in Chia for the first time, and Busta was part of it. But that didn't mean everyone looked at the art form fondly. Culturally, like, in the town you're in, what was sort of the sentiment around graffiti? Oh, no, it was bad. Oh, okay. It, yeah, yeah, It wasn't t- taken like a good thing. It was the, the you know, rebels and, mm. you know, and graffiti has a big history in Colombia before graffiti as protest, mm-hmm. you know, because it's always been like a lot of political fight so graffiti was viewed as that like if you wrote graffiti you belong to like a guerrilla or something kind of the same as here with the gangs you know what i mean busta wanted to change this perception so he took his craft to a place that traditionally looked down on it art school they knew i had a background of graffiti Hmm. and graffiti in art it's always been kind of like a lower, like, you know, like not considered art at all, you know. So for them, it was kind of hard to accept it at the beginning, but I kind of broke that <laughs> hmm. that thing. And then they start allowing me to explore more graffiti and they start liking it. And Like your teachers? Yeah, like the, the staff, everybody. Yeah. You know, even the, the owner of the place was hype about that. And they were letting me do my, my last like project for the university was mixing um, classic art and graffiti. In his final project, Busta wanted to show his teachers that graffiti could stand toe-to-toe with quote-unquote fine art. It was kind of portraits of like classic painters like Rembrandt and Michelangelo and Leonardo and I was taking them and merging it with letters and doing different, you know, kind of combination with letters and portraits, trying to mimic the style of oil painting with the spray paint, you know, like kind of making the portraits as as close as possible to the classic art style, you know, to kind of show that you can use this medium to generate these type of images. Like it's not just a spray paint as an industrial paint, but it could be an art, an art tool as well. You know, mm-hmm. they don't connect it with art. They don't see that it can do bigger stuff like you know so kind of breaking that stigma in there helped to to introduce the graffiti and like the lettering and the colors and talking about composition and balance with the letters so it has to have some type of cohesive look for them to be able to accept it his message resonated what was the reception to that project they loved they actually kept some pieces in the in the academy for display. So they have them in there. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Busta made his mark on the Colombian graffiti scene and changed some minds at his art school along the way. But he had his heart set on a new city, Philadelphia, which he learned was the birthplace of the modern-day graffiti movement. That's coming up after the break. Welcome back to Art Outside. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. In 2014, Busta made a big leap and moved to Philadelphia. I think in the first couple months, I met a couple writers from here 
and they show me around a lot and I, I was really really excited about it i always had this like i always felt like excited to to see more and like learn more and and you meet all these characters and there is a lot of people in here in their 60s and their 50s that still are used to write graffiti and they carry these stories you're meeting your heroes at this point yeah exactly they were like you know, they, I'm never going to get to meet those guys. They're in another country. They're in another world. Like, you know, and for a kid from Chia, Colombia to come here and end up meeting these guys and being accepted by them, by some of them too, you know, and being able to surround myself too with these people. It was really like enriched, like, I don't know how to call it, nurturing. or. <laughs> so you started to find a community here. Yeah, like I started meeting a lot of the community in here. So it was pretty cool that they took me in. They accepted me. Now, Boost is about as prolific in Philly as they are. And here at this trailer, he's eager to share his approach in the same nurturing way. You know, it's a piece of artwork, <laughs> a piece of graffiti, whatever you want to call it. But it's a combination between graffiti letters using typography, but changing it with 3D aspects and overlapping like elements and in the middle there is a portrait of a woman with like flowing hair and like a hoodie with a with like a beanie like kind of showing the the hip hop aspect and in the background there is a, a moon with some kind of like a foggy sky and you know kind of giving it the the ambience or the stage with some leaves kind of um, framing the the image. To add the newest layers, he had to get up high. Luckily, he had the equipment for it. Well, I have uh, access to this lift, so it's, it's a luxury to be able to have this space with the tools and the equipment. So, yeah, yeah, this is an amazing tool, man. Little lift gets you a long way. <laughs> Watching him work, you realize just how much technical skill this craft takes. I'm kind of fading other tones of other colors on top of the colors I have already in there. But you gotta do it like slow and soft, kind of. The motions go kind of along the shape that you're doing. You know, and you gotta go up and down or side to side, depends on on the effect that you wanna create. Also, the cap has to go in the direction you wanna fade. So it's not just randomly throwing paint in there, you gotta find the shapes and, and move along with them. Like I'm doing a fade from purple to yellows, right? So I have to go to purple to pink or magentas in order, in order for me to jump to orange and then from orange to yellow because purple and yellow are the opposite in the color wheel so if you mix them you get brown but if you make a transition with other colors white enough it will create this like soft shadings and kind of like a highlight and shadow effect all this effort for a piece in a mostly empty part of the city that few people will see. But that doesn't bother Busta in the least. Graffiti 
has that essence of you gotta go and look for it. You gotta go out of your way and find it. You know, you gotta explore. You gotta, and it's it's always in places where you don't expect them to be. You know, like graffiti just pops up. You know, and and I feel like having this in here, where you're not expecting it, in I don't know some weird part of the city, is kind of gives it that edge too. That is, I don't want to present it as a art piece in a gallery or like pristine. Like, hey, look, this is what I did. Like everybody, like you know, I just want that to be it. And if you find it, appreciate it. If you don't find it, you didn't see it. You know. <laughs> Busta has learned a lot about graffiti since he moved to Philly. I try to respect the spaces, and I know that where I paint is places where it's not somebody else's property per se, like or it's like a government or like a highway, like or a highway or something that is not, you know, that I'm. I know I'm not going to affect an individual. The Amtrak corridor, like exactly, like I don't. There are places that our city owned that are pretty much abandoned or, you know, just big gray spaces that, you know, they should be intervened, of course, <laughs> in my opinion, you know. And I just try to go in, you know, like in my way of respecting the neighbor. And, and I always try to put myself in the other person's situation. He learned this lesson the hard way. I was, you know, maybe a little too stupid. <laughs> and I did this big piece in the side of a house. And it was illegal, of course. And the police came to me, and, like, and I didn't hear the cars or anything. So they kind of, boom, 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 got me, and, you know, the whole deal. And that was, like, 2015 or 2014 when I just got here from Colombia. And I, I was in another mindset of trying to just paint and I came from a place where painting graffiti was easier in the sense of like not easier but I was used to paint more illegally in there you know what I mean so coming here I kind of was trying to see to test the waters when I it was pretty fresh you know what I mean and I kind of learned from those experiences I had a couple experiences just when I got here that that you know went to that level for me to really understand that you know, there are certain rules and respect you gotta have and things like that. This is something that Busta often grapples with. He's a full-time artist with a family, so he's got bills to pay. He's done plenty of commissioned work, like a mural at Lincoln Financial Field, projects for the Mummers Parade and inside Philly schools. But to fulfill himself creatively, he has to make time for graffiti. At the end of the day, Busta wouldn't have it any other way. He says at its core, graffiti has to be non-commissioned. It's like tough when like if you're known for your graffiti writing and you have a graffiti style, but you're paid to do a mural in that graffiti style. Like, yeah, what is it? I feel like for everybody doing graffiti at some point, they wish that, you know, but there is that part of like they don't want, it doesn't they don't want that to happen. Like they don't want the the capitalism, the commercial mm. end to it to affect it and change it as it happened with the hip-hop culture in some sense. But graffiti, the essence of graffiti is illegality. It's mm. doing it 
for you by you in places that you're not supposed to. Because, you know, at the end of the day, there is a history to it. There is like a legacy. There is all these things that you have to, if you are part of the that, you have to respect and understand. You just, you know, if you're not part of it, do whatever you want. You know, at the end, graffiti was meant to be lawless. To some, the illegality actually makes graffiti more valuable to the culture. Okay, I heard once someone describe the modern-day graffiti movement as the most important art movement of our time. How do you feel about that? It's accurate. For the time, yeah. I feel like I'm sure there is going to be more or something else that comes out of. Because when graffiti becomes completely accepted and merged into the art world, there's going to have to be another culture or subculture or something that is going to appear against that. And that that's going to be the new graffiti. But there is always something like that. Like, if you look through our history, it's always revolutions. There's, like, a moment in art where people are doing something that they're not supposed to, and that becomes the staple for the next generation. And then the next one takes it, breaks that down. and It's a cycle. This is Art Outside. I'm your host, Conrad Benner. Our producers are Michael Alcott and Michaela Winberg. Our engineer is Charlie Kyer, with engineering help from Al Banks, Tina Kalake, and Adam Staniszewski. Our executive producer is Tom Grassler. Our theme song is Snack MF Time by Snack Time. Our tile art was created by El Toro, a.k.a. Justin Nagtalon. Special thanks to Louisa Boyle, Naomi Brito, Aubrey Costello, Grant Hill, Mike Mihalik, Alejandro Miyashiro, Sarah Moses, Mike and Scott, Jason Andrew Turner, and Kayla Watkins. Art Outside is a production of WHYY. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. If you've enjoyed this season of Art Outside, we have one tiny favor to ask of you, and that's to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us to spread the word about the important work these artists are doing, and we'd really appreciate it. Thanks, y'all.